Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. Unfortunately, Jody is not joining me this week. She had uh, surgery this past week, so she just wasn't feeling quite up to recording this week. So I put together just a little show. I included my favorite beginning and a few of our listener stories. So um, we will be bringing you a new episode next week. Remember, we always need your stories, uh, so send them in, ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com, and uh, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen, and we will talk to you next week. Enjoy! So I'm going to start with my favorite one, which cracks me up. A butt is a real unit of measurement for a cask of wine. So a buttload... (laughs) Is about 108 imperial gallons. I didn't know that was an actual thing. <laughs> I say that all the time and I, I didn't know. know either. <laughs> so yeah, a buttload is actually awesome. about 108 imperial gallons. <laughs> um, earmuffs were invented by a 15-year-old. Oh, cool. Smart kid. Yeah. I love earmuffs. I know, they're the I best. Look- horrible in hats horrible oh yeah you can't wear hats no you refuse to wear hats. i look really bad so i wear earmuffs <laughs> yes earmuffs were invented by a very smart 15 year old uh blood curdling isn't just an expression but research has shown what that watching horror movies can increase a certain clotting protein in our bloodstreams hmm so Blood curdling is actually a thing, oh. which, ew. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the Wife Carrying World Championships in Finland, first prize is the wife's weight in beer. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> I would love that prize. <laughs> Sign me up. Mm, I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, Well, as long as it's a good beer. I don't want, like, Coors Light or (laughs) shitty beer. No offense, Coors Light. I know you're listening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, next one. Some female sharks store sperm after mating, potentially holding it for years before they're ready to reproduce. Ew. Which I think that's hilarious. Wouldn't that go bad? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, I know human sperm only lives a certain amount of time. Yeah. But apparently shark sperm can be held for years huh which is interesting ew it is, again yes ew. it is gross but i think that's hilarious because they're like huh i'm gonna save this <laughs> and you can just take off 10 later. years from now oh, you're gonna be getting a call getting child support <laughs> oh, i don't i don't know after years i would forget that that was there wherever they hold it <laughs> be like oh shit i was supposed to do i forgot about this (laughs) (laughs) ew okay 
<laughs> Braces go all the way back to ancient Egypt. In fact, archaeologists have found several mummies with crude metal bands wrapped around their teeth. Huh. Isn't that weird? That's cool. I know. We were always been smart. You need a pillow? Yes. All right. Oh, this guy. There was a third Apple founder. Ronald Wayne sold his 10% stake for $800 in 1976. What now? There was a third Apple founder. His name is Ronald Wayne, and he sold his 10% stake for $800 in 1976. Oh, Apple. Apple. Not like the kind you eat. No. Okay. I like was confused. The multi-billion dollar what an company. Idiot. Oh my God. You know he is kicking himself in the ass. He is so pissed. Fuck right yes. Now. Eternally pissed. Yes. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I would be too. Marie Curie remains the only person to earn a Nobel Prize in two different sciences. Oh. Which, fucking badass. Yeah. Uh, plants have ways of communicating with each other. The scent of freshly cut grass, you know, the the smell we love so much. Yes. The equivalent to, of a cry for help. Oh, That's so sad. I'm still cutting my grass. Yeah. And it still smells good, but aw. <laughs> <laughs> Poor grass. <laughs> Unless it can cry for help when I can hear it. Sorry. <laughs> That would be terrifying. <laughs> oh, Joe's cutting his grass. <laughs> Distant screams. <laughs> All in the summertime. <laughs> that would be horrible. Oh my God. <laughs> Everyone would have gravel in their front yard. Yeah, no shit. People would be like, I am not cutting my grass. That is horrifying. <laughs> maybe that's why lawnmowers are so loud yeah, maybe to cover the screens. <laughs> okay lego has an underground vault with every set ever made oh my gosh that would be awesome to see that thing has got to be huge yeah because, I mean, they're coming out constantly, Oh, yeah. Too. All the time. Yeah, crazy. For years. Yeah. Like, years and yeah. years. Decades. Um, <laughs> this one. Bedding was such a luxury in the Middle Ages that blankets and sheets were written into wills. <laughs> what? Bedding. Was, oh, I thought you, you said betting. Like, betting. Oh, no, no, no. Bedding. <laughs> bedding like blankets and sheets okay so wow yeah you're like well there's only a few stains but (laughs) randy can get these (laughs) 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 sloughing off skin in my sleep on these for 10 years but here you go i'm dead I just died on it, but just throw it in the washer. It'll be okay. <laughs> That's so horrible. Because <laughs> you know they did everything on yes. those. They died. They had babies. Yes. They did everything. Oh, on my those. God. 
Here's my death sheet. <laughs> Congratulations. Damn. I know you had your eye on these. <laughs> so I gave them to you. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. In 1953, Swanson had 260 tons of frozen turkey left over after Thanksgiving, so they packaged them with trays and peas and potatoes, and the TV dinner was born. Oh, that's cool. Well, like, they could have given that frozen turkey to needy people, but I'm not judging. (laughs) I'm not judging. But TV (laughs) dinners... That means you didn't have to cook. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then it's forget. All is forgiven. <laughs> because <laughs> lazy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, huh? Is understood in all languages. Oh, yeah. So, huh? <laughs> okay. This is amazing. And it just shows how amazing our bodies are. Sleep literally cleans your brain. During slumber, more cerebrospinal fluid flushes through your brain to wash away harmful proteins and toxins that build up during the day. Is that cerebral? Uh, no. It's cerebro, cerebrospinal. C-E-R-E-B-R-O-S-P-I-N-A-L. Cerebrospinal. So it cleans out your brain? Yeah. That's cool. It flushes through the brain to wash away harmful proteins and toxins that build up during the day. So, because I've heard that if it's, it could be very, very bad for you if you don't sleep. Yeah, you get you get insane. And yeah. you your brain starts doing crazy shit. Yeah. So, yeah, your brain literally so needs clean. So, my brain is very healthy. <laughs> a very healthy brain very it gets washed often yes yes it not does. dirty it's very clean <laughs> well most of the time i was gonna say where'd your dirty sense of humor come from because i heard I that i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah we both have the um humor of 12 year old boys so <laughs> i do it too <laughs> um Speaking of, Beaver College changed its name to Arcadia in 2001 in part because anti-porn filters blocked access to the school's website. <laughs> Beaver College. <laughs> Plus, most people probably didn't want to admit that they go to Beaver I College. Know, right? Be like, yeah, we're it's like, the man. I don't want to hear the stupid jokes. <laughs> we're I'm, just, I'm not going there. Beavers. <laughs> fighting beavers i bet that's what their mascot was probably that's scary okay when it comes to wine an aroma similar to cat pee is considered a good thing ew i know right ew that's gross i know um can we say anal Beethoven went out of his way to ensure his morning coffee was made with exactly 60 beans per cup oh dude okay chill the fuck out beethoven if i was his wife i'd be like adding some (laughs) taking some away i wonder if he would even notice or maybe he counted them himself oh that's what it sounds like yeah 
That's crazy. But I'd be like taking a handful and throwing it in there. <laughs> Making them keep recounting it. <laughs> be on the side. I'm not married. <laughs> be on the side like 16, 34, 5, 25. He'd be like, fuck, God damn it, shut up. <laughs> hey, Guitar, I'm still married and I fuck with everyone. <laughs> Okay. According to a Japanese study, looking at cute animal pictures can boost your focus. Really? So if you're having a hard time at work, just take five and look at some cute animals. Yeah, and then get in trouble and five minutes. People suck. Okay. (laughs) Stuck inside on rainy day in 1816, writers Mary Shelley, Piercy Shelley, Lord Byron, and John... Polidori challenged each other to a scary story writing contest. Mary came up with the idea for Frankenstein and published it two years later at the age of 20. Wow, that's cool. Another badass woman. Yep. Next one. In 1907, an ad campaign for Kellogg's Cornflakes offered a free sample of cereal to any woman who could wink at her grocer. (laughs) Okay. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> and a free sample of cereal for that? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's what? stupid. Uh, okay. Okay. The original title for Scream was Scary Movie. Hmm. Which, wasn't that the spoof that they made yeah. years later yep. called Scary Movie? Yep. <laughs> this I one. Loved Scream. The first one. Oh, yeah. It was freaking it, hilarious. It was awesome. It was. Loved it. Man. Matthew Lillard. I know. <laughs> My pants are going to be so mad. It's like, you think? Really? That is exactly what any 17-year-old yeah. would think. And that is the funniest shit. It was great. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. And I think that was the first time in a horror movie where they had someone famous that died in the first few minutes oh drew barrymore yeah yeah that was awesome because you know she was one of the catches to get you to come see the movie exactly and then she fucking died yeah, in the first scene it was awesome yeah it was the other awesome movie i can't remember what it was called but it's the one where the shark comes up and eats samuel l jackson <laughs> oh my god um i think ll cool j was in that movie it was i know exactly what you're talking about but i don't remember which movie that was that was what i mean i actually gasped <laughs> you yeah. know i it takes a lot to yeah to get a reaction out of me and i, that, I, know I was like oh my god <laughs> that's hilarious yeah this one is great when pirate richard worley captain of the new york's revenge captured his second ship he named it the new york revenge's revenge <laughs> so original he'd be like hi now the perfect name for my second ship the new york's revenge is revenge no people would be like his crew standing there like uh you okay dude he's like it's a good name right oh yeah yeah sure yeah yeah that's awesome please don't make us walk the plank New York's Revenge, Revenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> right, guys? Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
It's illegal to own only one guinea pig in Switzerland because they get lonely. That's true. Aw. Remember when I had paid, yeah. uh, got guinea pigs? Yeah. You had, well, we didn't have to, but I read up on them oh, before yeah. we got them, and they are social creatures. Aw. So they wouldn't do good with themselves. Aw. They get lonely. Yep. Of course, one of the ones that we had had a baby and ate it. <gasps> but, oh, no. you know, that's... It was the grossest thing ever. Ew! I could not. I, that's. I had to have my friend come over and get him out <laughs> of the cave. I couldn't. Oh my god! Because there was blood. Yeah, no, Ew. I couldn't do it. No. Oh Mm-mm. god, no. Okay. It was horrible. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. In Queensland, Australia, it's illegal to own a pet rabbit unless you're a magician. That is mean because rabbits are adorable. And I'm not a magician. I have a rabbit. Cleopatra had a special lipstick made for her consisting of crushed mixture of ants and deep red carmine beetles. Ooh, beautiful. Sounds chunky. Ew. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) That's something they don't convey in the photos. And paintings from that time is the chunky lips. <laughs> Got a leg sticking out there and a antenna on your top lip. <laughs> Instead of lipstick on your teeth, you got legs on your teeth. You'd be like, oh, Cleopatra, you got just something, just right. You got like a leg, <laughs> tooth. Ew. I think it's still moving. <laughs> One of those like residual twitches. <laughs> Ew. Okay. <laughs> In the late 1800s, residents of Corinne, Utah, uh, could buy divorce papers from a vending machine for two dollars and fifty cents. Hmm. Convenient. Yes. 18% of Americans claim to have seen or felt the presence of a ghost. How many? 18%. Hmm. I thought it'd be more. I thought it would be two. But that's, I mean, that's still a pretty big number, probably. Um. <clears throat> Blue whales weigh up to twice as much as the largest dinosaur. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. That is why I will never even look at the ocean no. again. No. W- no. I'm done with the ocean. That is one of the scariest places ever. Yeah, because we don't know. Yeah. You don't know. No. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. And it's... Oh, my God. I just... It gives me the willies just thinking about yeah. it. Oh, my God. Okay. No cruises for us. No. The word dude originated in the 1800s as an insult to men overly concerned with the latest fashion trends. <laughs> So dudes were like metro oh. sexuals now. Man buns. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look at that dude over there. He's all fashion. <laughs> now we're all like, dude. I know. <laughs> <laughs> have we changed since the 1800s? Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The first use of Google as a verb in pop culture was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? Yeah. I love that show. I know you do. 
Before he became president, Abraham Lincoln was wrestling champion of his county in Illinois. He fought in nearly 300 matches and lost only one. Wow. He's such a badass. I have such a big crush on Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> you said that before. I do. It's so disgusting. And he, I just, I can't even, oh my God, but he is hot. I can't <laughs> help it. <laughs> I'm just I'm just not even going to comment on that. Okay, I'm going to move on. Just, yeah. A black cat crossing your path from right to left is considered good luck in Germany. Huh. That's very interesting, but it has to cross from right to left apparently. So specific. So specific. It's Germany. Mm-mm. Very tight rules there, I guess. I have no idea. I've never been. I don't either. There is a five-story blood-red waterfall in Antarctica. There's pictures, and you can see it, and it's creepy. Ooh. I think there's, like, some sort of iodine or something in the water, and yeah. it's, it turns it red. It's creepy, because there's, it's, like, surrounded by snow. Oh, it's like, oh, I bet that's cool. It, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you can look up pictures. I'll try and remember to post, you know, somewhere. <clears throat> Excuse me. This one's hot. George Washington only had one tooth remaining in his mouth when he was sworn in as president in 1789. <laughs> Do you remember the dollop story about George Washington? His wooden teeth? Yes. yes. Oh my God. The funniest one I ever heard was about the cheese in the, um, in the White House. The original White... Like, not the White House now, but what used to be the White House. Mm-hmm. They they delivered an insane amount of cheese this um this one farmer i think from wisconsin delivered all this cheese and they refused to throw it away and it was just in the white house for years and it's the funniest dollop that they did i want to listen to it again remember that one oh my gosh it's hilarious it's hilarious I love Gareth and Dave. <laughs> okay, and my last one, Beauty and the Beast was the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture, and it lost to Silence of the Lambs. Oh. So, those were my facts for the week. We got our very first listener email. I know, I'm so excited. I know, so I excited. I think my whining worked. <laughs> <laughs> I think she felt sorry for me. Probably, aw. <laughs> Thank you. You're so awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and read her email right now because it's freaking spooky. It is. And she's so nice for writing in. And bear with me because I'm going to I'm going to read her entire email because the layout of this home that she talks about is insane. And that alone is creepy. But then when I get into her experiences mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah. oh my gosh. Okay. So like I said, bear with me. This is called Haunted House Experience. Hi, Jody and Brandy. Really enjoy listening to your podcast. Uh, thank thank you. you. I apologize for the lengthy description below. And like I said, it's worth it. So this all took place between July 1997 and May 1998. My husband, two sons at the time they were six years old and eight months old, and myself had just moved from Indianapolis to a huge country house on the on 216th Street in Sheridan, Indiana. When we had gone to see the house with the landlord, my husband and I both had a strange feeling about the house, partly due to the upstairs bedroom that had a latch that you could put a padlock on attached to the outside of the door. That's never good. Uh, no. Parentheses, she says, who the fuck padlocks a bedroom? (laughs) And that's right. 
But it was a huge house, not in Indianapolis, and the rent was $250 a month. That so cheap. Yeah. So we figured we would turn, uh, sorry, learn to deal with it. It was the weirdest designed house I've ever seen. The downstairs consisted of the kitchen, dining room, bedroom, laundry room, a foyer, a room that I assumed was a bedroom slash office, the living room with a door that could be shut and locked, and a bedroom attached to the living. Attached to the kitchen was what we called a breezeway. It was a room as long as the kitchen and part of the dining room, fully enclosed with doors at either end. Attached to the breezeway were three more rooms. One was padlocked, and we didn't open it, which that's creepy. Yeah, I could. I don't think I could live in a house and not no. open every door yeah I'm just your, to see what's there exactly i would be i would be way too nosy to let yeah. that go the middle room was just a typical room and there was a third huge barn-like room with a dirt floor and an open loft in the foyer there was the staircase that went to the second floor which consisted of a large room to the uh, right at the top of the stairs a room to the left of the stairs and a middle room that had a latch that you could padlock. There was an area next to the railing, large enough for a small couch with windows above the stairs. There was also a basement I refused to go in. The house needed repair, and we could do repairs in exchange for rent, which is awesome. Yeah, it is. So we moved in and changed the locks on the five usable exterior doors. Two doors were sealed shut with caulk. We set Christopher, our six-year-old's bedroom, up in the room that was attached to the living room and our room with Gregory, the eight-month-old's crib, in the living room. So she says, enough with the description. Below are the things we experienced while we lived there. The day we moved in, we found the window in the bedroom left of the stairs had been broken with all the glass on the floor on the inside. With the way the roof was, there really, really isn't any way that somebody could have gotten up there to bust the window. My husband found a board and nailed it to the window frame. We didn't plan on using the upstairs for a while anyway. During this time, my husband was in the Marine Reserves. Shortly after we moved into the 216th Street, we attended a family day at the Reserve Center. When we returned home, every door was standing wide open. I know. We, we had the only keys because we hadn't given the landlord the keys to the new locks. My husband checked the house and no one was there and nothing was missing. So you know it wasn't a break-in. No. So someone just left their fucking doors unlocked and wide open. Insane. Another time when my husband was away at reserved weekend, the kids and I were upstairs when there was a loud noise from, from the upstairs. Sorry. The kids and I were downstairs when there was a loud noise from upstairs. I really didn't want to go check, but who's going to send a six-year-old to check a strange noise in a creepy house? You know how many times I've had that internal discussion with myself? Like, I really need another beer, but should I really send my child? As long as I don't drink it. There's nothing wrong with it. But yeah, you're really not going to be like... Hey, honey, why don't you go check out that creepy noise? <laughs> oh, goodness. 
Um, so I went up ch- upstairs and checked each room. In the third room was uh, the the boarded window. I found the board lying halfway across the room. That would freak me out. Oh my gosh, I know. She ran downstairs, grabbed the kids, and she said she spent the weekend at her parents' house. Uh, yeah, I would too. Me too. Before our third son was born, I worked I worked a split second slash third shift at a hospital and would get home around three thirty in the morning. One morning when I was home from work, I was, when I got home from work, I was sitting in the dining room paying bills. My husband and the boys were in the living room slash bedroom sleeping when suddenly the TV came on full blast. This was an old TV that didn't have a remote. There was a knob that you had to turn. It wasn't on a station, just loud static. My husband came stomping out of the living room pissed, thinking I had turned on the, the TV. I told him I hadn't even gone in there because I was paying bills. There was a lot of little things like the dining room was always really cold even in the middle of the summer, always feeling like you were being watched, things not being where they were left. After we moved out, we bought a house in Sheridan and lived there until we moved out of state. We would drive by often and know that no one seemed to stay there very long. It's been 20 years since we lived in that house, but we still talk about it. Our oldest son and daughter-in-law bought their first house last year. When they were looking, she found a house that she wanted to see, but he refused to go. He told her that the pictures of the inside looked too much like 216th wow. Street. I know, man. That stuck with That stuck with must him. have been traumatizing if yes. he still remembers and he's like, nope. Yeah. I mean, just looking <laughs> at pictures, like, yeah. oh, that, that even looks like it. No way. Every time we come to Indiana, we always say we're going to go by the house and ask the current residents if they've had anything strange happen, but we never do. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Hopefully it isn't too long and boring. No, of course not. Annie. So thank you so much, Annie, for writing in. That is awesome. We appreciate it so much. So, you guys, we have another listener story this week. And I I, I will warn you guys, it is super sad me and Jody both ugly cried when we read it so if you are at work or if you don't have tissues around you might want to wait to listen to this but definitely listen to it it is a fabulous story fabulous story um so I'm just gonna read it really quick I'm gonna try and get through it without crying so here we go this Who's is it from Ashley okay and she starts hi there Jody and Brandy my name is Ashley and I'm 30 year old from Ontario Canada which is so cool. Yay. Uh, And I've been listening to your podcast pretty much since day one. I love it and your humor is amazingly funny. I was sorry to hear that you hadn't been receiving any listener stories as of yet, so I was super happy when you announced you finally got one this week. Yay. Uh, Thanks, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) This helped uh, give me the courage to email my own story into you as well. It's a bit sad, but nice in a way too, so I hope you enjoy. As I mentioned, I'm 30. I've fully moved out of my parents' home, have a full-time job, and feeling like an actual adult now. But two years ago, my life was completely turned upside down. To give some background, I will give you a brief summary of my life as it pertains to the story. I grew up in a small town, population less than 10,000, where everybody knows your name, cue cheers theme, with one brother who's eight years my junior and a mom and dad, mom and dad, with a giant, very involved, immediate family. Growing up was your typical Canadian childhood, but due to having such a large immediate family, i.e. my dad, 12 brothers and sisters, which means I had at least 12 aunts and uncles just on one side of my family, and my parents being 10 years apart themselves, I'd seen and experienced a lot of death through the years. I would take on the role as caregiver and support as my dad modeled for me 
by always being there for his family, no matter what they needed or when they needed it. During my very early childhood, my dad was a breadwinner of the family and worked a lot, but into my teen years and through my early 20s, he became my best friend, the person I could lean on the most and would always be there for me. He'd helped me move out, supported me through university and part-time jobs, helped me with groceries, and called me once a day for three years straight because I had been going through a tough time emotionally. Even during the hardest time of his life, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer in early 2010. He was always taking care of and supporting our family in any way he could, even when miles away getting chemotherapy. That time in my life really solidified how much my dad meant to me. He was my rock. As I mentioned, I was living away from home, having graduated university and landed a job with our provincial government, making bankroll and living the dream. My boyfriend of a few years had moved into my apartment a year prior and I was really happy. Father's Day 2016 came around and I made a point of traveling home for the day to visit and spend time with my dad. He let me know he wasn't feeling the best. He had said he had a cold, but he'd like me to come visit anyway. So of course I did. We spent hours that afternoon sitting in my parents' kitchen just talking about our family members, what was new in the neighborhood, and how I had adopted my first cat from our local shelter, and how my dad was worried about the cat. (laughs) Haha. I gave him a present I had bought for the occasion. It was a statue of a father and a daughter cuddling that looked an awful lot like me when I was little and my dad. He loved it and cried a bit, and then made a joke about how he got something in his eye. That's very cute. My dad walked me to my car and gave me a hug and a kiss goodbye like he always had, and that was the last time I saw him. I'm so grateful for that memory. The following day, I received a message from my mom that my dad was feeling really ill, and she was taking him up to the local hospital. I called her immediately, and she said that the doctors didn't seem worried, that none of the tests conducted came back abnormal, but that if he continued to experience abdominal pain to bring him back tomorrow. She promised me he was all right and that my dad was being his usual self and wanting to get the hell out of there. He hated when anyone fawned over him and just hated doctors in general. The following day, my mom let me know they were going back to the hospital because my dad still didn't feel well. He just said he had stomach and back pain. Later that day, she let me know that they had been sent home again and had no diagnosis or reason as for my dad's pain. Throughout the day, I didn't feel right. I have generalized anxiety disorder, but I like to refer to it as my spidey sense in that I trust my anxiety and when it doesn't feel right, then something is definitely not right. I hadn't heard from my mom all evening and began to really worry. Then I got a call at 12.45 a.m., as I was just crawling into bed. My mom was at the hospital again, and she was broken. Literally sounded so heartbroken. She said my dad had collapsed earlier that afternoon in their bedroom after they had got back from the hospital and couldn't get up. So the ambulance was called, and they took him to the hospital. But that the hospital had too many patients, so he got shipped to an even further hospital away. She said my dad had had surgery, and that It was not successful. He was dying, and if I wanted to say goodbye, I needed to come now. I did my best to compartmentalize and asked if there was anything I could do or that she needed, and and she asked if I could call my brother and tell him. I agreed knowing it would be the hardest thing I'd ever had to do. My brother idolized my dad. He was his best friend, too. Hearing my 18-year-old brother fall to the floor in tears and scream at me for answers was so difficult, but then making the hour drive to pick up my brother to say goodbye to our father will forever be ingrained in my mind. We arrived minutes after the doctors removed the breathing apparatus machine. Our father was dead already and we missed him by minutes. For months I blamed myself. 
if I had driven faster, if I had done something different, we could have been there in time. But two years of therapy and medication have helped. My dad ended up dying of sepsis in his intestines, which I have been told is very, very painful and a slow way to die. But that was my dad. No matter how much pain he was in, he would never tell anyone to make them worry. Now to the kind of uplifting part of the story. Sorry for all the sadness. After my dad's passing, my mental health seriously declined. I actually was diagnosed with a major depressive disorder, which according to my therapist is due to trauma being experienced in life. No kidding. (laughs) Through these past two years, my therapist and I have worked together to really make progress and strides to help me get back to feeling like myself again. It's a hard process, trying to be reflective, objective as well, and continuing to learn and push yourself and your limits every day. But it's worth it, as honestly, I don't think I would be where I am right now without all the work she's helped me do on myself. Earlier this year marked a two-year anniversary of my dad's death, and I wanted to do something special for him and his memory. So I went up to my hometown for the afternoon. My dad was part of the Chippewas of Rama First Nations. So I performed a traditional smudge ceremony over his gravesite, made an offering of tobacco, and spoke to him. I felt so many emotions during that short amount of time that I was exhausted afterwards and decided to try and get some extra sleep that night to recuperate. Due to my medication regimen, I am on right now for my depression. I generally do not remember any of my dreams anymore, but that night I had one I could remember. Thank goodness. In my dream, I am visiting my mom at my parents' house in my hometown, and I'm packing up to leave. For some reason, I'm transporting a bunch of bags and luggage to my car, as if I'm moving out of their house again. During my trips back and forth to fill up the car, I suddenly hear a truck, like one of those big Ford F-150 trucks with the diesel engine heading down our road. I stop what I'm doing and start to walk to the end of my parents' driveway to get a better look down the road to see who the hell is making all that goddamn noise in my dream. I specifically remember remember being perturbed about the sound for some odd reason. I look up the street and see a large black truck heading down the road. Dad drove a truck just like that, I thought. Looking back now, I was the one who my mom asked to clean out my dad's truck and drive it over to the dealership lot to be resold after his death. Anyway, the truck keeps coming closer and finally stops right in front of me and my parents' house. The truck isn't turned off and just sits idling. I get closer and all of a sudden the passenger window rolls down, which is the closest to me. And in the driver's seat is my dad. I immediately feel a swell of emotion and just began to yank the passenger door to open it, but it wouldn't open no matter how hard I tried. I started screaming, but nothing would come out. I just kept thinking, how could you? You left me all alone and now you won't take me with you again? How could you? How could you? I miss you. But no matter how hard I tried to scream, how hard I pounded on the truck door, I couldn't get to him. He just sat there and smiled at me, not in a pitying sort of way, but in a comforting, loving way. He said nothing. I heard the radio station change. It made that noise when you're switching between uh, stations, the scratchy white noise sound. Wait, is that Billy Joel's Uptown Girl? What the fuck? Then all of a sudden I hear, I've got to go, princess. I promise I will see you again. I love you and I'm sorry. I've been my dad's princess since the day I was born. In that instant, I woke up in tears and whimpers. My boyfriend sounded said I sounded like I was fighting off demons in my sleep. I'd like to think that my dad was coming to say goodbye to me one last time. Now that I've taken care of myself and gotten to a point where I'm being mentally healthy again, I know if he had visited me a year prior to that, I probably would have attempted to hurt myself. But now I can reflect on it and truly cherish the memories for what they are versus not wanting to remember or feel anything. A few weeks later, I asked my mom if my dad liked Billy Joel, and she laughed and said, Billy Joel's uptown 
Motown Girl album was the first gift my dad ever got for her. She said they used to drive around listening to the tracks all night when they were first dating. To this day, I found when I'm having a particularly down day or if something happens and I think, oh, I should call my dad and tell him about this, then I realize I can't. Billy Joel comes on the radio without fail and only songs from that particular album. I know it's my dad checking in and letting me know he's here with me. What kills me is that even before my dad had passed throughout my high school years, Uptown Girl was my guilty pleasure song that none of my friends liked. But then again, it is really catchy song, so maybe it's all coincidence. Well, for now, that's my only X-Filey style story, but I will certainly write back should I ever experience anything spooky again. Thank you again for all you two do. Take care and the best of luck, Ashley. We also got a listener email this week, and this is from... Lauren, which I mentioned, she's on Twitter recommending yes. us everywhere. So awesome. awesome. Thank you, Lauren. And I will start with that. So it says, hello, Lady Ghouls, which that is funny. We like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Twitter charminer, Lauren, trying to get people to find you and realize how funny you are when you're talking about, well, anything. So Aww, thank you, thank Lauren. You. That's awesome. Um, and this is sad. Oh, so, no. Yeah. Um, I had a baby sister who passed away six years ago. Since she was a little girl, she was very interested in all kinds of paranormal, so she would have loved your podcast, too. Mm -hmm. She passed away without warning, very suddenly, of a massive heart attack, and she was only 39 years old when this happened. It was terrible, horrible, and unimaginable. We were very close when I lost her. I lost my best friend, and I do have a husband, and he is my best friend, but it is never the same as what you have with your sister, as you know. Which I know. (laughs) Trust me, can't imagine. Um, I do have an older sister too, but we are not that close and never, uh, quote unquote, on the same page, if you know what I mean. Yes, yes, we know. We We have one of those as well. Yes. Um, And she said, well, I'm not here to ramble about my relationship. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Going back to her sister. After her death, it's still hard to talk about or write. In her house, the kitchen lamp started flickering all the time, and the light bulb in the wardrobe burst out suddenly with a big bang. There were some problems with electricity for a few weeks, and then it stopped. At my home, after a couple of nights, the smoke detector in our son's room started to alert at 2 a.m., and second night exactly at the same time in my daughter's room. The smoke detectors had new batteries, and since, they had never done that again. I think it was my sister who came to say goodbye to my children. My sister must have laughed at me wherever she is when she saw me jump out of bed in nanoseconds and running 100 (laughs) miles an hour to the smoke detectors, climbing on a bench to reach them from the ceiling twice. It gave me a little bit of comfort to think that she came by my house the last time saying goodbye with her own twisted sense of humor. (laughs) Keep up the good work, ladies. Your listener always, Lauren. Thank you, Thank you so much, Lauren. We appreciate it, yes. And I do think that was your sister, and she's awesome, because (laughs) that's funny. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We got a message on Facebook, um, and her name is Michelle, and I'm sorry, I can't pull it up, so I'm not sure of your last name, but Michelle knew the guy that had that I hate people license plate, (laughs) which I was like, small world, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, so she also gave me a really good suggestion on... 
what to do for my opening. So I'll probably do that next week. I already had my mind planned for this week. So uh, I'll mention her next week as well. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. That's awesome. Uh, we also got a listener story from your friend Chris that you work with. Mm-hmm. And she wrote us a quite long email um, with several stories. And apparently she's got a bunch more. So yes. um, thank you, Chris, for writing in so much. It says, um, yeah, my first write-in. I love you girls. I didn't even know what a podcast was until I met your sister Jody, and we became friends at work. Which we were talking about that. Um, a lot of people don't know what podcasts are. So, you guys, it's your job to spread the word and get people that you know to listen to podcasts and tell them what the, what it is. Because I didn't actually know until Jody, you told me what a podcast was because that like I've told you before, that was my favorite part of my day was my drive into work in the morning because they had those talk radio shows on in the morning on, you know, just uh, regular radio shows. And then I was like, what, this like a thing that you can download and people talk and that's what you can listen. It's like I know. Cha- I didn't know what they were either. I just happened to notice the little podcast emblem thing on my phone. I was like, what's that? Yeah. So I pull it up and I just, I didn't really know what it was. So yeah. I pulled up comedy. Right. And so it was basically stand up comedy that you just listen to. Yeah. And I kind of got bored with that and I was like, I wonder what else they have. So I started typing in, you know, stuff that I'm interested in. Right. I was like, oh my God. I know. I know. And then you told me about it because I, I, who knows what we were talking about. But you said something about real ghost stories online. I was like, what is that? I want, what is that? So, yeah, you totally got me hooked. So, so yeah, you guys just ask people if they listen to podcasts. I've been like, I've been asking people and the last two people that I've asked, they were like, no, what, what is that? Exactly. I've run into the same thing. What's a podcast? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just don't assume that people are as smart as we are and (laughs) they don't, they don't know. So anyway, sorry, Chris, back to your email. Um, she says, my mom would have loved you both. Every podcast I listen to, I can relate to one story, if not more. Today I was listening to episode 19, and on this one, Jody was talking about the angel of death visiting the wrong room. Well, I do believe there is a such thing, and here's why. My son Jonathan, at the time, was 10 years old, and his grandpa was in hospice. Jonathan's room was down the hall from his grandpa, and when he laid in bed, he could see Grandpa Jack. One night, uh, Jonathan went to sleep and woke up, and when he looked down the hall, like he did all the time, he saw a black cat on Grandpa's chest. Terrified, he closed his eyes, and when he reopened his eyes, the cat was now sitting on Jonathan's chest. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would creep me out. Poor kid. Yeah, really. Jonathan screamed, my, uh, and my ex-husband came running in to see what was wrong. Jonathan explained to him about the cat. Now, I want to point out, we never owned a cat. With my son being so upset, my ex-husband called me and said, what should I do? Me, as always, being the calm one and a believer in all of this stuff, not to mention being a fast thinker, I said, put Jonathan on the phone. I had my son tell me the story, and afterwards I explained to him that angels come down from heaven to help guide our loved ones to heaven. I continued to explain to him that angels can be in human form or animal form whichever they feel will not scare you of course it scared the shit out of him lol (laughs) 
And that is when he saw the cat on Grandpa's chest. He was letting Grandpa Jack know that it was time. And when he reopened his eyes and saw the cat then on his own chest, the angel was letting him know that it was time for Grandpa to leave and not to be scared or sad when he does. His Grandpa died two days later. Creepy. That is creepy. I mean, you gotta think... I mean, and again, we've had this conversation so many times, but what would you do? I, I you saw this mystery cat in your house. I mean, just yeah, like I don't. Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know. That'd be so, and to be ten and see this. Oh no. <laughs> um, so another story to go along with this. My mom passed last March. She was diagnosed with leukemia, and when she was in the hospital, I moved in there with her for twelve weeks to care for her. During the first few weeks, we talked about death because leukemia is a very is very difficult to cure at least what she had and the stage that it was in we talked about her best friend pam who passed away several years ago mom told me that pam came to visit and told her uh, go away i'm not ready to leave yet and then there was no more visits until towards the end several times my mom would be laying in bed and she would look to the corner her face would glow and she would have this huge smile on her face and wave i looked over to the corner and no one was there but i knew who it was and i didn't need to ask because it was so heartbreaking to know that her time was near the end it wasn't more than two or three days before my mom slipped into a coma and passed Pam and my mom were the Thelma and Louise of their time, and they were always together. They were friends from grammar school, and Pam could not wait for my mom to join her. So is there a such thing as the angel of death? Absolutely. I've experienced it through my mom, and they say that when you see people who have passed, they are there to guide you home. The night my mom passed, her minister received a letter from a mutual friend of theirs, and the letter went on to thank her for being her best friend and minister and being there for her and her family. It went on to say how glorious it was. My mom was the one who used that word a lot, not a word most used. If she would have known it was this great, she would have left months ago. She wanted to reassure us that she was at peace and she would always keep in touch with us, and there was a lot of other stuff said which was so reassuring to us that she was truly at peace the kicker to this is no one outside the immediate family and her minister knew my mom passed her friend john told me the minister told the minister i'm not sure why sandy dragged me out of bed at midnight to make me write this to you so i hope she is doing okay and know that we are all hoping for a miracle as much as we cried we were very happy to hear this and my mom's visits visits often and drives my dogs nuts (laughs) after mom passed we were planning the funeral and she had already told me what she wanted to wear but there was this one necklace my mom always wore and i couldn't find it i was talking to her minister and i had mentioned that i couldn't find mom's necklace she responded that my mom had lost it and wasn't sure if she had left it in the hospital or if it dropped out of her pocket coming home this was the only thing I truly wanted, it wasn't expensive, but this necklace meant a lot to my mom. One night, about two or three days after her death, my sister and I were in her room again looking for this necklace. My sister yells out, Mom, where's the necklace? Me, a little surprised, she did. I said, I told you mom lost this necklace. My sister turned around from the dresser and as I sat on the bed and she said, Chris, mom is a spirit now and should be able to lead us to this necklace. No sooner did my sister say that, I was drawn to this turtle on my mom's dresser. I was like pushed up to get up, so I did and walked over to this turtle. I went to pick it up and the shell came off and there fell out the necklace we had been looking for. Crazy. That is crazy. (laughs) 
Months passed after mom's death and my nephew had moved to Indy and moved in with us until he could find a job. After three months, he moved out and called me and said, I can't find my social security card. I had it and now it's gone. So of course we went over all the spots it could be. I told him to recheck all of the boxes in his car and he was really upset because he was starting a new job in a few days and needed to bring it with him. That night I went up to my room to go to bed. I had a picture of me and my mom next to my bed. I said, mom, help Thomas find his social security card. As I went to turn down the covers, I was instructed firmly to go into the room where he slept and look under this one corner of the bed skirt. I did as I was told and guess what? Yep, the social security card was laying right there. Mom always had a had a way to make you do as she stated. Even after passing, we've always had a strong connection between the two of us. The Friday night before I found out my mom was diagnosed with leukemia, that night I sat in the backyard just crying my eyes out. At the time, my fiance said, what's wrong? I said, I don't know, but I couldn't stop crying. The next day when my mom called to tell me her diagnosis, we cried and I found out that she had been crying all night Friday because she had already known but wasn't sure how to tell us kids. I'm very happy that even after death, we still have this connection. Well, I could go on and on, but I think this is long enough. Like I said, I have many stories and will continue to share. P.S. I want to encourage all listeners to write in. Not only do the sisters love stories, but so do us listeners. Take a moment and write in. It doesn't matter what it's about, even if it's something you heard on a prior podcast because you started listening. Look, I'm writing about episode 19 and they're on what, 34? LOL. Jody and Brandy, keep up the great work. I love listening to your podcast. It makes my work day go by fast. Of course, some people think I'm nuts because I sit there and laugh my ass off, <laughs> but I was one that never cared what people think anyway. That's probably why Jody and I get along so great. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for writing in. And yes, please continue to share. That was awesome. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Annie. Again, Annie, yes. She wrote, wrote us in our very first story was from Annie and she wrote she wrote us about a little thing that happened to her let me pull it up here it's called weird phone experience so it says hi ladies I love uh, the podcast and listen every week at work thank you I know it's been a while since you talked about how Alexa is always listening, but I wanted to share my recent similar strange experience with my phone. My husband and I were out on date night at a local bar, and my phone was sitting on the bar between us. I had recently found out that a friend from childhood was in prison with multiple felonies. I was very upset about how incredibly stupid she had been, and was talking to my husband about how I couldn't understand what had happened. I made a comment that she would be 51 when she gets out of prison, and who would hire a 51 year old felon the next day the first thing that popped up on my news feed was a list of companies that hire felons <laughs> annie so oh my gosh that's freaky i'm telling you the technology is listening it is and that is creepy so yeah thanks a lot annie that is that's a pretty good story i really love it well we need some we need <laughs> we need some witty wrap-up definitely yeah I just have funny jokes. Okay. Teacher. Kids, what does the chicken give you? Student. Meat. Teacher. Very good. Now what does the pig give you? Student. Bacon. Teacher. Great. And what does the fat cow give you? Student. Homework. Oh! <laughs> oh! That blew up in her face! 
<laughs> oh, that's bad. I would slap that kid. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you get a big old <laughs> How about that? My friend thinks he is smart. He told me an onion is the only food that makes you cry. So I threw a coconut at his face. I bet he's crying now. <laughs> That's stupid. What did the duck say when he bought lipstick? What? Put it on my bill. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Put it on my bill. <laughs> In a Catholic school cafeteria, a nun places a note in front of a pile of apples. Only take one. God is watching. Further down the line is a pile of cookies. A little boy makes his own note. Take all you want. God is watching the apples. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Instead of the John, I call my toilet the gym. That way it sounds better when I say I go to the gym first thing every morning. (laughs) That's fabulous. That's my toilet's new name. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Math teacher. If I have five bottles in one hand and six in the other, what do I have? Student. A drinking problem. (laughs) Faux show. (laughs) A police officer attempts to stop a car for speeding, and the guy gradually increases his speed until he's topping 100 miles per hour. The man eventually realizes he can't escape and finally pulls over. The cop approaches the car and says, It's been a long day and my shift is almost over, so if you can give me a good excuse for your behavior, I'll let you go. The guy thinks a few seconds and then says, My wife ran away with a cop about a week ago. I thought you might be that officer trying to give her back. (laughs) Asshole. (laughs) Brunette. Where were you born? Blonde. The United States. Brunette. Which part? Blonde. My whole body. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Why did the fish blush? Why? Because it saw the ocean's bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) See, I could do stupid jokes too. I can see. Did you hear about the guy whose whole left side was cut off? He's all right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. He's all right now. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> A man went to his lawyer and told him, My neighbor owes me $500 and he won't pay up. What should I do? Do you have any proof he owes you the money? asked the lawyer. Nope, replied the man. Okay, then write him a letter asking him for the $5,000 he owes you, said the lawyer. But it's only 500 replied the man. Precisely. That's what he will reply, and then you'll have your proof. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi often walked barefoot, which produced an impressive set of calluses on his feet. He also ate very little, making him rather frail, and with his odd diet, he often suffered from bad breath. This made him a super calloused, fragile, mystic hexed with halitosis. Oh my god. (laughs) That is so stupid. (laughs) Super calloused, fragile, mystic hexed with halitosis. That's hard to say. (laughs) I bet. Teacher, anyone who thinks he's stupid may stand up. 
Nobody stands up. Teacher. I'm sure there are some stupid students over here. Little Johnny stands up. Teacher. Oh, Johnny, you think you're stupid? Little Johnny. No, I just feel bad that you're standing alone. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Knock, knock. Who's there? I eat mop. I eat mop poo. Ha, you said I eat mop poo. Okay, I quit. I quit the podcast. <laughs> oh my god. I did not say that. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh my god. Tom was at the hospital visiting with his best friend, Larry, who was dying. Tom asked, if there is a baseball in heaven, will you come back and tell me? Oh, if there is baseball in heaven, will you come back and tell me? Larry nodded yes, just as he passed away. That night, while Tom was sleeping, he heard Larry's voice in a dream. Tom? Larry! What is it? asked Tom. I have good news and bad news from heaven. What's the good news? There is baseball in heaven, after all. But the bad news is you're pitching on Tuesday. Oh. Yeah. That's not good. No. <laughs> um. What does a nosy pepper do? What? It gets jalapeno business. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs>